Hello, and welcome back to Deep Lorable, a podcast where a couple of friends dredge the internet for the deepest lore. I'm Michael Bastine. And I'm Billy Staples. And this week on Deep Lorable, we are doing... You know, I was going to say Hasbro, but it's occurred to me that I... I mean, I guess Hasbro is the way to put it, right? Because, like, we looked into everything kind of on Hasbro rather than what we were initially planning, which was mostly the discontinued Hasbro toys, like discontinued line. Billy, why don't you why don't you give uh, give our our listeners a quick rundown on on Hasbro before we get into what we were looking into? So, Hasbro, its original name was was Hassenfield Brothers, and it was an I, American. I like the shortened version better. An American multinational conglomerate with toy, board games, and media assets, headquartered in Pontucket, Rhode Island. Pontucket? Pontucket. That's a name you don't hear too much. P-A-W-T-U-K-T-U-C-K-E-T. Pontucket, Rhode Island. You don't hear too much coming from Rhode Island, let alone like a multi-international, multinational uh, toy company. So I'm going to go ahead and kick us off with... In... 1985, the company changed its name from Hassenfield Brothers to Hasbro Industries. And then in 1985, they changed the name again to just Hasbro Incorporated, which is what it's known as today. Okay. That's interesting. I'm I, one of the so I I was trying really hard to find with our research to find all of the discontinued toys, which just to throw this out there is really hard to find. I I'm I'm willing to bet good money that that is due to Hasbro intentionally obscuring discontinue like articles and websites and stuff that kind of keep track of this this kind of thing like discontinued toys because there is a massive market for vintage toys people love that kind of stuff and yet like even just searching like you should be able to pull up multiple websites that go on about it with just searching discontinued Hasbro toys and there are certainly some articles that you pop up that you can kind of sift through that are about like discontinued toys in general but they're all you know like cnn or like these nothing articles by news com- news outlets media outlets rather than those niche little blogs that you know have got to be out there but anyway i was looking at the easy bake oven and the earliest version of the easy easy bake oven that is on record, according to Hasbro themselves, is the 1963 version, which was the like turquoise one that kind of looked like an old school oven setup, which was definitely, definitely run by an incandescent light bulb. But the reason I, I bring this up now is just because the earliest versions of this came out in 1963, back when Hasbro was referred to by the Hassan brothers. Yes. It looks like the original Easy Bake Oven was designed by Kenner Products, which is now owned by Hasbro, which is kind of where 
where that like change over so how Hasbro got their hands on on the Easy Bake brand. In case you were wondering, the Easy Bake oven is not actually discontinued. It is still something that is being produced. Just now the FDA demands that you not try to bake a cake using a 100 watt incandescent light bulb because you know that's not a great heating element uh and the the modern iterations of the toy use a heating element that's more uh more like a conventional oven i you, i don't know if this actually has improved the easy bake i imagine it's got to to some degree uh, it is called the ultimate easy bake oven now, <laughs> which is fair, I guess. So did you happen to catch wind of the wuzzles? Sorry, the what? The wuzzles. That name sparks some kind of memory in my brain, but it was not in my research. So they're, they're, they were produced by Disney and Hasbro in 1985. Uh-huh. They're a range of plush characters that are posable that are consisting of two different animals combined together. So, like, one of them was a rhino key, which was a rhino combined with a monkey. Okay. I thought the rhino key... For a minute, I'm like, a rhino... Like, a rhino's got a keyblade? What? No. And then... An Eluru. What do you think... What do you? What two animals do you think an Eluru was made out of? It's not an elephant and a kangaroo. <laughs> Unfortunately, it is. I feel like a Kangala would have been a better name to go for. I don't know. I kind of like Eleru. You like Eleru? Yeah, I like Eleru. It's got a nice ring to it. It does a little bit. That's... But I I saw a picture of the rhino key, and it was just a monkey with a rhino horn that was bright pink. Yeah, I'm looking at... I am now looking at various artwork... Of these critters. So what was this toy like? Like they were posed like just posable plush. Yeah, they were posable plush animals. How, how strange. I do feel like I've heard this name before, but now I'm I'm looking at all of this stuff and I just I have no memory of they any of this artwork or anything. They were made in ninety and in eighty five, nineteen eighty five. So it's possible we it's possible that you saw one at like a garage sale or something. Maybe. I don't know. I was born in 95. So this like these things were introduced about 10 years before I was I was yeah. introduced. Honestly, if they were still around to this day, are they not still in production? I don't think they are, but I'm not 100% sure. Well, you can find them all over the place on eBay because you can find flipping anything on eBay. Speaking of eBay, yeah, you can buy a lot of things on eBay that are discontinued. And also, eBay is like the only place you can find things that are discontinued. I was just looking for information, not like to buy these things. And I could tell if a toy was discontinued based on the number of eBay listings and the general price of the items involved. Like the javelin darts. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you can technically still get lawn darts. Um, they're not what they used to be, uh, because what they used to be were weapons. They were marketed as, marketed as toys. They were sold with the intention of, you know, a, them being a game. Um, but much like, you know, things like the boomerang, which is another weapon that people have fun playing with, uh, these were not, these were not toys. They did cause actual death. There are reports of people actually getting killed. They were swiftly taken off the market. Yeah. Um, uh, another fun fact. So you know how in Dungeons and Dragons, Billy, oh, you no. can have proficiency with a ranged weapon called a dart? <sighs> Don't that's, what, the, uh, that's what these are. No. These are roughly 12 inches in length. I couldn't find a a good estimate for the weight on these things due to, you know, regular darts, but heavy enough to kill people on accident. Which is almost one for one the description of darts in Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. That's that's what they are. They're lawn darts. Like these are actual weapons, and I'm terrified. I, I'm also realizing now that I didn't do any research on chemistry sets or wood burning kits. Mostly, mostly. Give it a second. I'm not. I'm not sure how I feel about you not looking up about wood burning kits, considering you're very fire oriented. Well, see, I don't see wood-burning kits as toys. I I forgot that wood-burning kits were, at one point, uh, and actually kind of still are, marketed as a toy. They're sort of, to me, they're like as much of a toy as a calligraphy set is, or a wood-carving kit. Like, they're the only kids that are going to have fun with a wood-burning kit are either arsonists or... Very artistically minded. Because <laughs> alternatively, you're just scribbling on wood or setting things on fire. Uh, but it looks like Mastermind Toys is the the progenitor of the chemistry set, not Hasbro. So we can kind of leave that alone. Chemistry sets were bad news, by the way, just as a general state, like generalized... Fun, I'm sure, if they were uh, used with parental supervision, but stick, maybe stick with Play-Doh. Hasbro wasn't always international. There was a while where it was, they were locked to the U.S. Yeah. However, in the late 1980s, their their president and, and or CEO, I don't remember which... They moved to increase international sales. So at this at this point, prior to this, they were shipping internationally, but it wasn't as pronounced. They weren't getting they weren't getting enough money from it to for it to be really like worth their time. Yeah, I got you. That wasn't where most of the income was coming from. But anyways, one of the uh, the CEO slash president decided 
we need to in, we need to increase our international sales. Okay. So he decided to take toys that failed in the U.S. market and brought them overseas and sold them as at four times the original price. Wait. And it worked. Wait. <laughs> it increased international sales from two hundred sixty-eight million in nineteen eighty-five to. Four hundred and thirty-three million in nineteen eighty-eight. Doubled their sales. <laughs> Doubled their sales. <laughs> I'm used to Americans getting scammed. Cause boy, I I was reading that and I'm I had the same exact reaction. Where I'm like that. Why? That's not gonna work out. And then I read that it actually succeeded and gave them more money. And I was even more confused. <laughs> oh. uh, what the heck? Because because selling it at four times the selling selling these things at four times the price why did it work so well? Because obviously they're going to make more money overseas but was it just the the popularity of America? Were we ever popular? I mean... I, I know for a while, at least, we were somewhat popular in Japan. Yeah. But that's Japan. They are not doubling our sales. I don't know. Maybe, maybe at that point in China, there was a huge, like... International international goods are better than our goods. I don't know, maybe, but but China's also fairly China's, insular when it comes to products. Yeah, they like to have a little more control over marketing and like what kind of stuff there is available for consumption. But uh, just uh, my favorite part of the story is. They specifically brought the toys that were failing in the U.S. market. Yeah, overseas. that's the other thing. They they did they doubled their international sales using overpriced failing toys. Do you have any of like I any examples? I couldn't dig up any ed- examples of what they used to do this. That doesn't surprise me. the The more we dug into this all this stuff with Hasbro the less we seemed to find you can find a catalog they're very Hasbro is very proud of their easy bake oven they've got a whole little uh like timeline uh bringing you up into from the beginning of the easy bake oven to modern day uh they do conveniently skip over around 2007 uh, where they created a front-loading easy bake oven which caused a lot of burnt yeah. fingies that their, one was removed quickly. <laughs> yeah, their note in 2007 was Easy Bake Essentials hit the market a line of accessory is accessories essential, quote unquote, to the success of any aspiring baker. The tasteful line included everything a young gourmet needed from a rolling pin to measuring cups to a colorful chef's hat. That's what they talk about for 2007. <laughs> they don't talk about the new released Easy Bake Oven, which, you know, fair. I don't think that's exactly good for marketing. Saying, hey, yeah, we made an easy bake oven that went poorly. Yikes. 
I, I do need to quickly jump back on the Easy Bake Oven thing. There is something apparently called the Queasy Bake Oven. Well, let me rephrase. The Queasy Bake Cookerator is what they call it, released in 2002, which apparently let cr- kids create things including dip and drool dog bones and mud and crud cake. Sorry, what? <laughs> it was an Easy Bake Oven. Remember, this was the early... 2000s where gross was in yeah the queasy bake oven was a an easy bake oven knockoff which marketed food akin to you ever had a uh, ever had a, a dirt cup no i can't say i have really this is not a cup full of dirt, by mind you. This is a cup full of pudding, uh, usually chocolate with crushed uh, like Oreos or similar chocolate cookies on top of it, um, and usually with a few gummy worms kind of poked into the the pudding and pudding and cookie crumble. It was referred to as a dirt cup. It's a Apparently in uh, late 90s, early early 2000s snack. That large, huh. that largely, that might, hmm, that might have been something to talk about for our food crimes episode. It was not really a food crime. It, it's very good. It's just, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a definitely a concoction made to look like you're just eating a cup full of dirt and worms. Yeah. Uh, the Queasy Bake Oven functioned on a similar principle. Where you're just supposed to make gross-looking food. Actually, I think I... You said early 2000s, right? Yeah. I think I actually remember seeing an advertisement for the Queasy Bake Oven now that I'm thinking about it. Really? I do not remember seeing an advertisement for the Queasy Bake Oven. I remember seeing advertisements for other weird, like, slime Oh, there was the... I was going to say, there was the monster one. I remember the mon. So there was a there was a monster toy. This was I don't think this was made by Hasbro, but you could like, it, it was the, in air quotes, male equivalent to the Easy Bake Oven, which was you could make monsters that were edible. Oh shit! And they I had think like, I know what you're talking about too. They had like edible goo on the inside. Oh gosh, what was the early two thousands obsession with? I, I skipped over the two thousands. The early 2000s had a weird obsession with making toy like toys that were marketed towards towards toys that were marketed towards boys in the I was trying to find any other word so I didn't rhyme toy and boy and I'm just going to do it <laughs> repeatedly I guess commit to the bit early 2000s children's toys marketed towards towards the male population were pretty much solely uh Themed around slime and dirt and bugs and monsters. (laughs) Yeah. And I don't understand why. It was either that or Transformers slash Power Rangers. Yeah, but those were cool. Yeah. Like, when you think about, you know, I guess stereotypically masculine sort of toys, you think weapons, giant robots... The cowboy. I, the monsters I kind of get. But like slime, dirt, and bugs? Yeah. Um, that seems. I don't know. 
I remember seeing the commercial for that monster toy, and my immediate reaction was, that's gross. Why would I want that? But why, though? <laughs> Everyone's first response, but why? I never really... So, you remember the old ooze, like the slimes? The, it, was, it, was, it was like Gak or whatever. The, it was like... It came in like a the same kind of container that Play-Doh came in, right? Yeah. Yeah, I remember, I, I remember that. What was the purpose of that? No clue. <laughs> it just got play Like, it just got everywhere and smelled bad. Silly Putty made sense because Silly Putty was a much more moldable sort of thing and you know the way it bounced and stuff it was it was inv- it was inventive yeah. you could work with it this slime you could basically only like it was basically just a stress toy <laughs> it was a stress toy and something to make messes with yeah that would leave your mother bitter and angry <laughs> yeah i'm seeing a version from mattel that was made with uh Primarily from guar gum. Ooh. Uh, no, guar gum's fine. It's a it's a thickening agent that we use in food still. Oh, is it? All right. Yeah. Uh, it just it's it's kind of like when you make slime out of cornstarch and something else. Uh, it's just a little more like solid, a little more stretchable. It's it just, does it's... sound terrible though. It, well, it suddenly occurred to me the reason why I reacted the way I did is probably because when my when I hear Guar, the first thing I think of is a creature from Elder Scrolls. Oh yeah, those guys. Because there is just the dinosaur chickens, which are named yeah, those Guar. weird little dinosaur chickens. And my brain was immediately like, "Oh no, that's not great." <laughs> you know, I was curious. Uh, so I did dig a little bit into the Ouija boards because the Ouija <sighs> brand is. A Hasbro brand, board? like it is not the quote unquote like official the 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 planchette based talking boards, which were used had at record recorded usage before Hasbro went like, hey, Ouija boards. And everyone in America was like, ah, yes, Ouija boards. And then everybody in America was instantly like, oh, no, no, oh, no, no Ouija boards. Oh, no, Ouija boards. Yeah. So like talking boards had have usage uh, recorded usage since around roughly 1180, like over in China as a spirit, sort of a spirit medium. Yeah. It was the Ouija board brand, which then popularized it in America. But I, you know, I, I wasn't, I, I hear so much about the Ouija boards being produced by Hasbro. You can still buy them, by the way. Hasbro still makes Ouija boards. That for for honestly for a little bit I thought Hasbro may have actually been the culprits behind inventing Ouija boards because that sounds like the kind of thing that would happen. Yeah, where Hasbro would invent this thing and then people would, you know, go into a little bit of a tizzy over uh, quote unquote speaking to spirits, and then all of a sudden this lore would quote would pop up around it and. Um, all of these rumors would sort of spiral into making Ouija boards this demonic thing that's been around forever and yada yada. When in reality, it's just a a, a toy that plays with um, the, what was it, Ideo, Ideo Motor Control? 
I can't remember exactly what the phenomenon is called. That that thing where you, in the right circumstances, your hands feel like they're moving on their own. Yeah. It's a weird thing that humans do and that the Ouija board capitalizes on and plays with. And so, you know, fun, except also freaky, kind of spooks people. But I was I was I was surprised. I was a little surprised to know to find out that Ouija boards were not like the name Ouija is from Hasbro, like the Ouija board brand itself. But the idea of the talking board has been around since quite a bit longer, quite a bit earlier. I I do wonder how they came up with Ouija as the as the as the name. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna be mad when you find out what the origin of the. Oh, please, from. please tell me where where you came from. <laughs> well, okay, so, um, oh, it's nothing. <laughs> I figured they. It's so. There's about eighteen different stories all coming from the same origin where basically they used, they asked the Ouija board what to call it. Oh. And, and, it's and it was, uh, the, the Charles Kennard, the founder of Kennard, uh, the Kennard novelty company, which manufactured the talking boards before Hasbro got their hands on it claimed that he learned the name Ouija from using the board and that it was an Egyptian word meaning good luck. Um, This is this. This is nothing. Another story says the name was coined by one Helen Peters, a medium who was using the board with her brother-in-law in in Baltimore. Uh, She asked the board what to call it. The planchette spelled out Ouija, which the board told her meant good luck. It's just another place. Another place says. Another place says it's a combination of we and ya from French and German, both of which mean yes. Oh man, that's gonna be confusing if you know German and French, and it's just the name. It's just it's not the. It's not that you look at it, and it's just yes, yes. The Ouija board was interesting and mysterious. It it actually had been proven, quote unquote, to work at the patent office before its patent was allowed to proceed. Billy. Billy. (laughs) Tesla invented a literal radio-controlled boat before, you know, anybody else. And the patent office tried to deny him on the grounds that, no, there's no way that could work. Tesla literally had to put the boat in the water and drive it around (laughs) for them to be like, okay, fine. These guys just showed up with their board and planchette being like, hey, look at this cool thing. And and the patent office was like, oh, man, that really is a cool thing. (laughs) Approved, stamps. (laughs) What the heck, America? I'm I'm not. (laughs) Why? You fine. You can you can have you can. I, I I'm not disparage. I don't want to disparage Ouija boards. I'm not, I know there are people who really believe in their usage and and the like believe that they are actually usable as a thing. But 
radio-controlled boat, Ouija board. One required more proof than the other. One was denied the first time around. It wasn't the Ouija board. I want to talk about skippets. I'm done talking about Ouija boards. Billy, oh, I you think remember, I remember skippets? I think I do actually remember skippets. <laughs> try, try and describe for me what the skippet was. So, if Other than I, a weapon, because it was also that. <laughs> if I recall correctly, it it was basically a a rubber ball and chain that you wrapped around <laughs> your leg and then just yep. spun. Yeah, that's pretty much it. It there was a it was a ring and a short uh, a short rope and well not necessarily rope but length of rope, length of rubber yeah um with a large ish weight on the far end and you would spin it around on one ankle and you would hop over it the objective being to get it to keep spinning as long as you can kind of like a jump rope but you didn't need your hands it was a toy that existed it was a hasbro toy that was kind of fun i guess if you're into that sort of thing i was never a big outdoorsy kind of person i was a book reader i read books inside i didn't go outside and play with those things i used one once though you can't get those anymore they're not technically discontinued but uh the current version is like some weird twister version where there it has like light patterns I couldn't figure out how it was played as a game, but there's like a game to it now using electronics. Why? I, I don't I don't know. A lot of people are very upset about this on Amazon saying, "Hey, the original was much better. All you needed was a little counter to keep like cuz the original one didn't have a counter on it. They eventually came out with a version that would keep track of how many spins. So you keep track of your progress. This one's got like a weird little uh loop so that it or not loop. It's got like a like the loop connects so that you can kind of click it around your ankle instead of sticking your foot through it. Yeah. Which is a problem when you're swinging a weight by this thing cuz it can't latch too hard cuz you're going to run the risk of injury cuz it's a toy. So it just kind of flies off at some point when you start going a little too hard with this thing. I I don't know. I don't fully understand because Hasbro doesn't want to acknowledge that it exists. You can still buy it. Like that's the only real version of the product of the skip it that you can buy anymore. There, you can still find listings for the original skip it online, but uh, all of them are out of stock. And I don't know if that's because of the immense popularity of the Skip It toy or if it's because they're not being produced anymore and, you know, no one's getting them back in stock and they just didn't remove the listings. I think it's more likely that they're not being produced anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I remember playing with a Skip It like once or twice. Yeah. And ended up tripping myself with it and then was just like after the second time I was like... This is the second time in a row I've tripped myself with this. I'm going to yeah. not. If You know, you could eventually get good at it, but it's like, why? I don't know. I One thing I've noticed about looking through all of these old discontinued vintage toys is the simplicity of them. People want to want to go on about how kids nowadays are so, you know, their their attention span has been so dumbed down and 
like they can't focus on anything. All they want to do is play with their quote unquote electronics. Y'all had Stretch Armstrong in 1976. And I don't want to come for you because Stretch Armstrong was a fairly, I guess, cool toy. I'm sure he was in, he was fun. Uh, Billy, you know what Stretch Armstrong is before I get too far into this one? Wasn't it, wasn't it like a, for lack of better words, action figure that was just rubber? Yeah, pretty much. He, he was, he was a arms. picture kind of like a really buff sort of bodybuilder looking guy. Uh, hard plastic head soft uh, latex rubber body it was filled with corn syrup why well so that it stretched and then would return to its original shape this oh, corn syrup right. was was uh cooked down so it was a little thicker than normal corn syrup it's a very sustainable toy provided that you didn't break him which is something that would happen a fair amount uh yeah in fact with the sto- with the toy came instructions on how to repair them using adhesive bandages, which I, I kind of found hilarious. You you get a little tear in your stretch Armstrong, you put a bandaid on it, and you ignore it. You actually can can still get stretch Armstrongs. They returned to their original nineteen seventy six design in two thousand six six nope two thousand sixteen that one. But you can also apparently still find, like, they're a little hard to find. You need a little bit of luck. But you can still find the original produced toys. They're not still in production in that way. But if you store them at, you know, kind of cool-ish temperatures, not freeze them or refrigerate them, but uh, keep them out of, like, you know, super hot environments, like 70 degrees or whatever. And you don't wear the toy down to nothing with... uh, by repeatedly stretching the toy, they will not decay that w- much. They were made with old school latex and uh, gel materials that don't go anywhere. But yeah, ki- like nowadays, kids' toys are a lot more intricate and complicated. And I don't know. I guess. I guess. I guess. Somewhat, you could say. Oh, woe is the slow march of time children aren't happy with simple toys anymore but at the same time it's like well then don't come for us about don't come for us about our attention span your toys were lame (laughs) i know your nostalgia paints those toys as the coolest things in the world and you know some of them are very neat i had a good time looking up all of these things hey did you hear about the cabbage patch kids that ate children's hair i'm sorry what snack time kids uh, hmm. <laughs> so uh the cabbage patch kids were a a line of children's dolls which hasbro would eventually get their hands on but in the between like roughly 1988 to 1994 ish the line of cabbage patch kids that ate things they weren't supposed to weren't actually produced under hasbro uh, eventually, the toy line moved over to uh, ha- uh, Mattel, rather. Uh, Mattel kind of got their hands on it. But uh, Mattel produced a line of Cabbage Patch dolls, which were called Snack Time Kids, which uh, featured some metal rollers like in their mouth so that you could feed, quote unquote, the toy small plastic like food shaped pellet things. 
uh, which would then, you know, feed into the doll and and get kicked out into like a backpack kind of structure. But children exist. And so fingers and hair were inserted into the mouths of these dolls, which caused some injuries. And that caused that line to be discontinued. Fortunately, you know, it was the kind of thing where there nothing was potent enough to do any real damage. It was more just the fear factor of your your doll suddenly eating you. Yeah. Uh that caused and then the resulting uproar of angry parents because, you know, angry parents. Uh, the Cabbage Patch line is still under production, but the Snack Time Kids line is very discontinued. They couldn't get that to keep going. Uh, Cabbage Patch Kids are now being produced under the Wicked Cool Toys uh, brand. So have you heard of the Hypo Squirt? Oh, no. N- not not really, but I'm cons- I'm full of concern. I don't feel like they really dug through the etymology and general usage of some of those root words. I don't love that name. That's a bad, we need to workshop that name. We need a new name. It's a water gun that looks like a needle. And the, or a syringe, rather. Okay, let me, let, me re, let me backtrack to that part where I said workshop the name. That's an accurate name. Make a different toy. This is not okay. <laughs> Uh, the press upon seeing this called, called it a junior junkie kit and it was immediately recalled. (laughs) Yeah. 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 How did that get into, how did that get into production in the first place? It shoots over 20 feet accurately, Mike. Well, okay, okay. I can see how it... Hmm. You, but you can use that as the internal structure and then give it a different housing. You could make it look like a cool 50s alien ray gun. 50s? 60s? Definitely just name the JPEG that I saved that is a picture of it. Uh, cursed squirt gun. Yeah, you could make it look like a cool 50s alien ray gun. <laughs> so I do want to talk about, I've got two different ones that I want to talk about. Uh, one is fun just because of something that I found around it rather than the actual toy itself. Um, you remember the, well, here, let me, before I say that, I'm going to post a picture in, you see that? I'm, I, I see the egg, yes. Yes. Do you know what toy that is? I'm guessing it's the, there was, there was the, um, the egg shaped figures with air quotes that would always stay upright. It is, it is a, a force diagram describing the mass and acceleration of the Weebles. The Weebles toy is marketed by the catchphrase Weebles wobble, but they don't fall down. And that that image, which is as I as I described, it is a force diagram for the insides of a weeble, is followed by the 
the description, uh, diagram of the principles of operation of a weeble. The gray material is of a higher density than the red material causing the center of mass of the object, labeled C, to be very low. This means that when the weeble is wobbled, as in position B, the center of mass will be on the other side of the pivot point where the weeble is in contact with the ground, and so gravity will cause it to return to an upright position. And I just love the amount of science that goes behind the sentence, when the weeble is wobbled. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my good heavens. That sounds like the, that sounds like the type of sentence MatPat would come up with. It's exactly, it's, it's just the, the sheer science of it. These are weebles. (laughs) We call them weebles. We specifically wobble them. The action taken to manipulate a weeble is a wobble. They don't fall down due to center of mass. And a a density variation. (laughs) Like, yes, you're technically right, but I feel like there's an easier way of us to say it. I... For us to say. I really like how they they put thought into this toy. (laughs) There's so much thought into the weebles. Like, I'm looking at the diagram now, and yeah... I, I could see how that works. <laughs> like, we went over drawing diagrams like this in physics. F is the is the force of gravity. They just don't have the normal force, but you don't really need that in this instance. M1 is the is mass 1. M2 is mass 2. Like, it is it is a force diagram. Oh. Uh, the other, the, okay, so the last toy that I have on the roster here to talk about uh, other than a brief mention of, I discovered that Wizards of the Coast is a subsidiary of Hasbro, and that kind yeah. of made me both a little nervous and interested. Wizards, Wizards of the Coast being the brand that is currently in responsible for the Dungeons & Dragons game line, uh, as well as Magic the Gathering and Pokemon, the trading card game. But the last one I wanted to talk about was the Talk Boy. <sighs> oh. <sighs> yes, Billy. I know of the talk boy. T- tell me. Tell tell us about the talk boy. So, if tell us your stories. If memory serves me correctly, yes. It came out along the alongside Home Alone, the first one. And it is a cassette player of some variety. Mhm. That also can record and it comes with a empty an empty cassette. Yes. That's all I really remember off the top of my head. So, uh, it was, you're right, it was. It came out in conjunction with one of the Home Alone movies. It was actually Home Alone 2. Oh, is it 2? Okay. Yes, it was 2, in which uh, the, the Kevin McAllister uses a, a, a device, a toy, in the show, in the movie, called a Talkboy, which he was able to record his voice on it and it made him sound like an adult when played back and had a voice disorder. Uh, That was not a real toy at the time. There was no plans for it to be a real toy at the time, but people who saw the movie sent in so many calls to Tiger Electronics who eventually produced the toy that they were like, well, I guess we have to make it now. They almost, Tiger Electronics almost couldn't keep up with production on it. 
the the first version of the toy wasn't quite as successful due to the fact that while it did successfully record voices, it didn't really distort them at all. But later iterations of the toy did actually successfully like, distort voices. There were different playback speeds, which would allow you to like deepen or raise the voices. Yeah. Um, there was a, a, uh, a, I guess, sister product <laughs> called the Talk Girl, which was basically the same device, but colored pink instead of gray. Because remember, this was, you know, early 2000s-ish, and we hadn't figured out that you don't really need to do that. What really got me was later iterations of this device were m- microized, minimized? shrunken shrunken they got shrunk and were instead instead of being like in a cassette player sort of situation they were in a small pen which actually did function as a pen it had ink and stuff oh wow but what really just got me was the fact that when it was shrunk to that size they actually used solid state storage which is like for a for a toy that has different speeds of voice voice modulating and only could re- record 12 seconds of recording the fact that they used used utilized solid state storage is frankly kind of impressive yeah once they got to the pen version uh technology had the the ability at that point to do multiple like levels of distortion whereas some of the earlier products could only do like one or two you either could do a normal playback where you got your voice as it was or you could do a distorted playback which would like slow your voice down so you sounded deeper i just i find it very i kind of find it fascinating that a device from a movie that didn't exist had such high demand that the company was like yeah we'll do that we could make that probably (laughs) I guess I shouldn't be surprised after the number of products that are produced because of an April Fool's bit. That might have to be another episode that we do. Maybe. Company April Fool's pranks? That might be hard to do research on if, uh, considering that I'm sure there are plenty of April Fool's jokes out there that are not done, like, like an April... I I feel like you could you would it's the kind of thing people would do where they do an April Fool's prank and they would fake release a product for a company that they don't actually like work for or do anything for. Is that does that track? Does that make sense? Yeah. Did I explain that right? I don't know. You got anything else, Billy? No, actually. Uh I could talk about G.I. Joe, but Was G.I. Joe released by Hasbro? Uh, yes, it was. And uh, something that I didn't know, actually, was around the Vietnam War, mm-hmm. G.I. Joe actually went from went to a less militaristic and more adventure-oriented type, type of show and action figure line. Yeah. And then it wasn't until a bit later that they actually switched it back to a military, mil- uh, militaristic... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got you. Inspired thing, which I actually thought was really interesting because when I think GI Joe, I think you know tanks. Yeah, the and... the GI literally stands for government issue. Yeah, uh, yeah, that is interesting. I I kind of kind of wish they had stayed that way. I guess I I don't know. That 
that's that's something that's not really for a discussion on deplorable the discussion of uh the united states military politics yeah that's a little that's a little heavy for a show about children's toys (laughs) or uh, an episode about children's toys rather do we're doing more and more episodes now billy where i don't know that we can really say that there was a deepest lore here though admittedly there's definitely something to the way that you just you can't find hardly anything on the discontinued toys that Hasbro. Yeah, maybe maybe there's just fewer discontinued toys than than I thought there were. Maybe maybe Hasbro has just managed to keep most of their successful like most of their toy lines going. Um, and the only ones that they've discontinued really are the ones that are their sales tanks like the talk boy no longer really is relevant because we have so much technology that will do the same thing or better because say my phone can record i think the maximum recording is like 30 minutes yeah or like i I briefly looked into the speak and spell because i that's another kind of old toy that's been discontinued speak and spell is not a hasbro toy it is a a texas instrument toy did you know Texas Instrument, the calculator company, made a toy? And that was the speaking spell? I I did not. I honestly I I'm I was along I'm along I I also thought the speaking spell was for Hasbro. Yeah, it seems like a Hasbro toy or or Mattel. I I I Mattel generally seems to be more like dolls and action figures, but I was surprised to find that the speak and spell was Texas Instrument. I was much more surprised to find that the uh, Texas Instrument made toys at all. Yeah. It makes sense that they would make a learning toy, though. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, speak and spell is another example of a of a toy that's just so outdated that we don't need it anymore because your phone can do the exact same thing but better. You've got you've got so many like all you have to so just you want to speak and spell go to Amazon get a there are uh, several versions of the of a device called the Kindle which is an e-reader of sorts um, which is just an Amazon branded tablet at this point there are kids versions get the kids version because they have some app restrictions and stuff and download one of the 50 billion versions of the app that are on there. Congratulations, you have a speak and spell that also can hold hundreds of books and also some music. I don't know. Do you do you have a a candidate for for some deepest lore? I think I think in my opinion the, the candidate that I would put forward for the deepest lore would be this the origin of the Ouija board's name. I you know, I'm actually with you on that one. The Ouija board's name, like, hmm, I didn't, it, uh, <laughs> it's, it's just nothing. I, I both expected it and didn't expect it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's cause it's more than just, they made a name for it. Cause you know, you, you, anybody can do some brains. Well, anybody, it's common for a company to do some brainstorming and create a product name or a brand name that's just like a whole new word. That's literally one of the techniques of 
uh, brand creation that they teach you in when you go to school for marketing and advertisement, I'd say, as someone who's got a bachelor's degree and that kind of thing, is making up like nonsense words like Ouija. But the story of the Ouija board told me that was not something I was expecting. That was a very interesting twist to a very mundane story. (laughs) Yeah. The Ouija board told me the name. It means good luck. It doesn't, actually. (laughs) It's actually nothing. It's not Egyptian. It's not... Yikes. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Now that you say it, that's a real good good point. Well, dear listeners, as always... If you've got something else that you think is a uh, a better candidate for the deepest lore, let us know. You can get in touch with us at Deplorable on Twitter. Uh, that's where you're going to get most of your updates on our release schedule and also our spoilers without context. and And tell us tell us your stories about toys that you've you remember having that. Are you can no longer get I, obviously for some of our younger listeners that might be a little challenging to do. I don't know what how young our audience really is. It's mostly in the mid twenties though, so you know there's that. Give us some of your the discontinued toys that you found, especially if they're Hasbro toys, because again, I we had a real hard time finding an actual list of discontinued Hasbro toys, and I think it's because Hasbro eats those for breakfast and puts in their easy bake ultimate oven and (laughs) cooks up some blogs now i'm imagining an easy bake oven that's like connected to twitter through through the wi-fi and you can just um, you wouldn't pirate food would you i would (laughs) i would pirate food could you imagine if we could just like copy food the same way that we copy It'd be photos on the internet. You know how many people we could feed? It would be those uh the replicators from Star Trek. Yeah, it would just be the replicators from Star Trek. We're working on the replicators from Star Trek. The problem is the replicators from Star Trek kind of don't work exactly. Matter cannot be created or destroyed kind of thing. Yeah. So we would have to actually have like a you basically would have to do it like a 3D printer and have food pastes. I I always my my only my my personal headcanon was there was just a side of the ship where there was just a bunch of chefs just making food and the the replicator was less of a replicator and more just a teleporter. I kind of love that. I'm pretty sure that's not at all how it is, but no, I kind of love it. <laughs> Because I do remember those replicators at one point making a whole violin. When watching Deep Space Nine, the only thought I had would be just me getting up, walking into the promenade, and having a replicator make me coffee. Yeah. It'd be nice if we could have Star Trek replicator. You know, a lot of Star Trek's like technology was based around the idea of um, basically technology being evolved. No technology being advanced enough that you didn't need anything like there wasn't a whole lot of exchange of money like you didn't have to pay to use the replicator because the replicator didn't require any like maintenance or anything it didn't use a material capitalism was dead maybe we should do a star trek episode there's gonna be a lot of lore to star trek though 
Maybe maybe like a multi-part. Should we do multi-part? Maybe a multi-part. Star We've Trek. done a lot of brand mascots. I want to do more brand mascots, but I also don't want to just constantly be doing brand mascots. But let me tell you, there's a lot of lore for brands. There are so many commercial. Li- Did you know that the Home Depot mascot has a name? Yeah. We're not going to say it now because I do want to do an episode of the Home Depot mascot because I want to dig into the Home Depot lore, the Home Depot verse. <sighs> No, actually, I think the Home Depot verse should just be called the Home Depot. <laughs> the Home Depot. We're going. We're going. We overboard. are. Um, I had already started the the outro, and then we got <laughs> off on a tangent. I may leave that tangent, and we'll see. Uh, any if with any suggestions and comments and cons- uh, topic suggestions for sure, definitely get in touch with us either at our Twitter that we mentioned before or. Uh, at our Gmail, uh, Gmail is deplorable contact. Yes. Deplorable contact at gmail.com. Thank you all for listening. I'm Michael Bastine and I'm Billy Staples and you will hear from us next time. Bye. Bye.